Hello everyone, I'm Adam from 3 Count Radio, welcome and here is my co-host, well the host anyway, of Bolton FM 9 to 6 to 8, Wednesday 9 to 6, yeah 9 to 6, bloody I'm off already, I'm off already, I'm, here's me trying to plug it as well. <laughs> we started I'm off not, well. I'm not listening to an eight-hour radio show. I don't care who's doing it. <laughs> we started off well. If you want to tune in and hear more <laughs> of this from me, which you do usually hear every time I read out the prime results, tune in. It's Jim Bailey. Oh, you do. Move on from this train wreck of an intro. <laughs> you hear me? Oh, and all you are for wrestling fans <laughs> like, who's this chump? It's like, well, it's that fellow that just ring announces like. A company. <laughs> <laughs> Done a couple of others, but that's about it. Oh, here's me sit, sitting talking to Isaiah going, oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind being a, a commentator in this at the other me. This is what I'm going to get. This is what you're going to get me stumbling over every little word. Now, you get used to it, though. You get used to it. <laughs> I was, honestly, I don't... My first ring announcing gig, you know, I was like... I was pretty pleased with it afterwards because I hadn't made any, like, proper major balls-ups. Um, mm, yeah, and then I spoke to um, I spoke to Tony Knox, the one and only, the one and Tony only, Knox, yeah. Um, after a show, and he said it was like you know, a good few months down the line, and Tony was like, I tell you what, Jim, you, you know, you, you're really getting this ring announcing deal now because after your first show, I thought you were rubbish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cheers, Tony. Nice one. But he was like, but no, you, you're pretty good. So I was like, well, I'll take that. I'll take that. And actually, to be fair, after my first show, Tony was the first person to come up to me and actually start giving me um, advice. You know, everyone else just kind of let me tootle on on my own, on my own accord. But Tony was the first person to actually come up to me and, and give me tips and pointers and don't do this next time. And, and this was quite good. But, you know, tell me what I was doing well, but what I needed to uh, yeah. change up or improve upon. And I, I really needed that because it was the first gig I'd done. And all that, you know, my experience of ring announcing was just watching other people doing it. Well, I get that. Yeah, I mean, as long as you um, as long as you get constructive criticism and not, oh, you're a shy or you're this. Oh yeah, no. As yeah, long as it's was. constructive, yeah, you it go. Was. But you don't need to just sit there and tell people what they want to hear because there's no improvement with that. Exactly. I, you know, you, if you want people to be better, don't just let them carry on thinking that what they're doing's spot on because you know your first couple of shows, it's not not gonna be. No, you don't expect yourself to be perfect. It it comes no. with time, doesn't it? No, and, and the thing is, um, you know, same with the commentary. You know, my first commentaries were dire. And to be fair, I'm, I'm probably still not the greatest commentator in the world because I've only done about five or six shows or something like that. I don't know exactly, but about five, I've only done about five or six shows on commentary, maybe seven. Um, but I'm still kind of finding my feet with that. And then now... I'm going to be putting a new partnership when this is wrestling fires up again. Nice. Um, and I'm going to be switching roles from player by player to colour. So it's going to be that learning curve starting all over again. I think that'll suit you more though, because I think you're I more think, that kind of person. I think it might do. And on top of that, there's also the fact that it's going to be, because I'm still going to be doing the ring announcing. And it's difficult being the player by player because you're supposed to lead the show on commentary yeah. but then be jumping off and on and off and on because you're bringing out as a colour commentator it's yeah. easier to pop in and out at the end at the beginning and end of matches 
and then the play-by-play can, you know, handle the heavy duty. Whereas it was, we had uh, Mark Adams, who's an absolutely beautiful man, um, doing the colour, but then also handling all the bits in between when I was in the ring doing the announcing. So, you know, it was a little bit of a mishmash, but he was another, another one though. It was, you know, great to kind of find my feet alongside in the booth because... He's, he's seasoned, he's done it loads, he knows what he's doing and he, he could just give out that little bit of advice and a little bit of encouragement and he was nice and easy guy to just to be alongside. So it's going to be weird not being with um, Mark actually when everything kicks off again because we were, we, I felt we were starting to, to build up a little bit of a rapport and a little bit of a, um, you know, like a, a chemistry. Yeah. Um, so now it's going to be completely different. So I'm interested to see how it's going to be. But, um, yeah, I'm uh, a little bit. I'll be, I'll be disappointed. I'll be sad not to, not to see Mark because it's, it's just nice to. He's just a nice guy. Nice to see him and, and nice to be around. Fair enough. I mean, it, it that when when you start to build a rapport on screen with someone, especially on commentary, it it then that rapport resonates with the crowd watching as well when they mm. when they're hearing it and they feel. Because when it's like it's exactly like watching a wrestler who has just come up from training to the main show, and you see them in and like going in and in with the show, like going from the start, sorry, onwards, and you you there from the very beginning, and you yeah, see yeah. the journey. So you start to you get the personalities, and you get who's doing what. And then, in, and then suddenly you start, you see a different duo on commentary. It can be a little jarring. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, of I'm course, sure yeah. Ground will kick off again. Um, well, this is wrestling, but obviously, when that happens, I've heard rumours of a rumble at the end of the year. Uh, everyone loves I a think, rumble. Yeah, I think I ever. I think I've seen the same. Yeah. I think I might throw me out into the rumble. ring for that one. Is it? Anyone is it is it anyone anyone finger anyone anyone invited? in general yeah. you know any anyone but uh, certain podcaster maybe I mean I like I I'm all I'm all up for a bit of, a bit of fun and a bit of being thrown around oh, of course. obviously yeah. obviously I did be training back in the day and I never made it you know I never graduated training at GPW but you know I did I did a good chunk of training and I know it's a bump um, and I can sell a bit I, you know I wouldn't be I, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I've got to look strong or anything like that. But usually, if there's a heel that needs a bit of heat, or you know, needs to look look good, yeah, he can beat me up or he can throw me around. Just ask, yeah, yeah. Just ask Jacob North. <laughs> big, big guy, Jacob North. Oh, big he's old. The thing is, right? I, I, I trained. I trained with Jacob or mm. um, Matty. He's really called to break a bit of kayfabe there. Um, but he's uh, behind the curtain. I I, I, tra- I trained with him back in the day at GPW, and um, so th- there's kind of that trust between us. Yeah. So when when he gripped me and hurled me out the ring, even though it wasn't planned and I didn't know it was coming, and as soon as he grabbed me, and he started taking me that way. I just knew, and I just went with it, and and I just yeah. have no issues with um, you know Matty doing that because I I, I trust Matty, and I know that Matty's not gonna yeah. um, he's not gonna hurt me because. I've I've gone through that process with him, you know, 
Kurt he's sound. Four years ago. Yeah, oh, he's a he's, top he's lad. great in the ring too. Yeah, oh, honestly, if you'd have seen Matt, if you'd have seen Matt, if you'd have seen Jacob, um, when I first saw him back in yeah. training, and you looked at him now, you'd be like, "Who's this guy?" At night and day. Oh, the the change in him, just the the the, um, the, the incredible shape he's gotten himself in into. Those mm. those thighs, man. His legs are just... huge, aren't they? Oh, it's insane. It's it's one of, one thing my mum comments on all the time. Just, the thighs, oh, my man. mate, <laughs> my mate Johnny, who I go to shows with when we're going just as as fans, like, um, you know, he saw Jacob North and was like, "Oh, he's a unit, isn't he?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he is." And it, it, it it's uh, surprising actually because he's got like this uh, pretty cool looking kind of double arm spike DDT. He does, yeah. Maneuver that he does as a finish, but with them legs, man, he should have some kind of leg-based burrug or something. Yeah, because them legs, man. Oh, I it's, it's similar to um, Paige's finisher, isn't it? She gets him up and then Literally, yeah. drives him down. Yeah. It's similar to that. Is any locked in form that, of uh... DDT variation just looks brutal because you're pretty Thankfully, much just driving just... someone's head to the ground. Yeah, well, yeah. Thankfully, I just got lobbed out at ring because I've. Never taken that, and I didn't fancy it. I wouldn't fancy it myself. Wouldn't fancy that on myself. I'll be honest. I mean, it, one of them, it, it might be one of them where I sold it really well, but mainly because I, I just I didn't protect myself properly when I took it. And <laughs> I was genuinely hurt. Uh, but no, it, it was uh, it was all right. Lucy came to the rescue, and I uh, I just got ah. lost out the ring. But that was a pretty decent bump. I got a good little ooh from the crowd, and I enjoyed that. That's what um, it's all about. You know, to get that crowd reaction. That's it. Greenwood was the referee on hand, and he ran over and was like, "Are you all right?" Like just proper sly. I'm like, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." He was like, "Good, good." And then he was like, "Right, come on, let's get you up." So I was probably milking it a little bit too much, but yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Good bit of sillies. Um, progress helps progress the storyline, which mm-hmm. you know, in the end didn't really go anywhere because COVID came along um, so we'll just have to see if that continues when things start up again um, but my worry is the stuff like that is like when we get back to it is anyone going to remember what we did two years that's ago? what I'm thinking oh. that's what I'm thinking like, I remember or is one going to be like a fresh canvas I remember one feud from Future Shock when, back when um, before everything went to shit basically before lockdown and that was uh, Lana Lana turning here on Holly Barlow with the Legacy Tournament trophy. You could cash it in at any time. Ah, yeah. Um, and Holly Barlow, for the entire year, was chasing the title for, mm. uh, chasing Alexis Falcon's title the entire year. And it was one of the best, if not the best, story going. All. It's very. Had to Facebook up. Hopefully that doesn't come through. Probably will. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is a very professional podcast, I promise. I know. Well, you've gone green again on my end. Oh, at least, oh, at it's least, all right. You're back in full. You're back in. At least we haven't on my end. At least, hopefully, we've not gone green on my end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, shambles, shambles. Um, yeah, it was one of the. It was. It was my favorite. A few gone because no matter what. Hollywood come that close every yeah. time, but there would always be some form of cheating way that Falcon would win. And then she gets it, 
and then Lana cashes in, turns heel, stands over the top of Holly, holds her championship up and looks at me. And I was just sat, there was a picture taken by the one and only Tony Knox, the best. Yeah. There was a picture taken that encapsulates everything I was feeling in that one moment. Because I was, I'm, I'm a mass, I, I won't even hide it. I'm a huge Holly Baller fan. That story, it shows how great of a story it was. Because um, yeah, well, that's the key, man. If, if you mm. can get someone, because obviously, you know, you're you're smart to the, the work, you know, you know what you know the crack is, mm. you know what's going on. Um, and when somebody can make you react yes. like it is legit, when you you know, you know, you know, I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean only tentatively, I'm not trying to, you know, make myself out to be some kind of big cool wrestling guy or anything like that. Oh, yeah, you never know, do I, I never do I. I'm in I'm in the business, you know. I I'm only the very fringes and I just do a little bits and pieces or whatever, but I'm in the business. I obviously know what the crack is, mm. but there are, there are, there are people in, in, in British wrestling, uh, well, in, in wrestling around the world, but specifically British wrestling who can yeah. really like, they're that good at what they do that they can really elicit a legit reaction from me. And it, it's great. And when people get me like that, yes, I yeah. love it. I love it. If, if, if any wrestler can make me as a fan believe just for a split second, just, you know, they can get me genuinely reacting in sheer joy or, you know, or get me really angry, then they, they, I know that that's someone that is doing what they do really, really well. And I love, that's someone I love is it special. when that happens. Like, and, and I'll tell you what, shout out for that, for, to, um, to tell Bannum, right? He is what he is the, one of the best heels I've ever seen. He is just so mm. good at getting people to hate him. And the thing is, right, I've met I've met the guy now backstage at shows and you know I've worked I've announced him, I've you know I've worked with him and he is just the, like the nicest guy. Like and and before I met him I I would have I would have thought that he was one of those people that was really easy to dislike because he was just really easy to dislike. Yeah. But then you meet him for real and he's just the nicest man. And then he gets out there and doing his heel shtick, and I'm like, he boils me blood. <laughs> I, lo- I, I, I love to hate the man. I, I really do. He's fantastic. Yeah. His heel work in PCW has been immaculate, and not just PCW, but wherever I've seen him. But there specifically is where he's when he cashed in on Dean Allmark. Oh. oh. That sort of gimmick really does lend itself to a heel. Yeah, and Gradwell. Gradwell's another one. Gradwell's brilliant. Gradwell is there. I've not seen a whole rages. lot of his work. I've not seen again, a massive was... amount of his work, but I do know well, how good he is. When I started, I see training, the reactions he, was, he gets. He was like at the end of his training when I first started. Yeah. He was working shows for GPW, but he was also helping out a lot in the training school. He taught me how to throw a drop kick. Um, oh. And so I know him. You know, I know him quite well. <laughs> uh, whenever I see him, I'm always like, hey. You're right, Sam, and he's like, "Oh, you're right, Gabs. How are you doing?" And we'll have a we'll all have a good chip work. But if he's running that heel stick in in a show, and I've had a couple of bevs, oh, I'll be hurling abuse his way. I'll be fuming at him. And and it's just because he's so good that he can just he can get me get me going. And actually, I think that he's criminally underused in NXT UK. I mean, I love oh, the, well, the I, things. I think he a lot of people stuff. in that sense. I think I'm loving a lot of this stuff. I love his yogurts to do calling people yogurts i mean that's fantastic <laughs> i love it 
But you know, he just he jumps out a lot, and and I think that there's a lot more you could do with a talent like Sam. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because he's you know he's had his injury problems with his knee, but for me, he, he's someone that could really push on and go somewhere. And he because he he looks the part, he can talk, he can he can bloody wrestle without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But I think it's I think that's always the trouble with when you've got the the kind of the, the creme de la creme, I suppose, of the British scene when you're just at the top, kind of creaming off the people you you that are performing well and are doing well and they're getting over. There's it's going to be different. You can't push them all. You, know? you can't. Uh, it, think- yeah, if you as people and it is talent. Said if you, I forgot who it was. It might have been Jericho actually. If you push everyone, nobody gets over. Mm. Because that's exactly what they did. Yeah, no, what true. we did with the Divas Evolution. They just shoved a load of women yeah. out there, and it's like, oh look, look, women no. wrestling. It's like, the, yeah, well, no, we yeah, great, years fantastic. Ago, not, yeah. We've been clamoring for legitimate women's wrestling for God knows how long. Yeah. No, it's not exactly what we want. Yeah, we want us, legitimate women's wrestling. We just, want you give us too much to shout about all at once. Exactly. You know, you've Just got a few. You've, you've got a, book you've, them you've like the men. Got a few, you've got a few jobbers in there. Book them like the men. You've, yeah, exactly. You've got a few people that are there to just to lose and make other people look yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the women in WWE, especially in NXT, especially in NXT, the women in NXT right now are killing it, absolutely killing it, and they are phenomenal. I think NXT I find that the women has in NXT the don't best. overdo it. Yes, I think a lot of the men. In NXT and, and in the Indies in general and in AEW as well, they, they overdo it. There's too much going on in matches, and maybe I'm just a little bit old school. But no, I agree. Sell a bit, man. Like you don't have to get it up and think like you don't have to be getting up and doing stuff all the time. Just lie there and sell it. Make it feel like it means something. And, I and agree with that, you. No, I've seen him. I've seen him work a few times, and I know he's somebody that's you know he's a bit of a. You know, um, what's the word? Indie darling. I can't, I can't think of the word I want, but he's a he's a, he's somebody that people really like on the UK scene. Indie darling. Honestly, yeah, a bit of an indie darling. I don't like that term because I think that you know there's some in, indie darlings that have come from him absolutely fantastic, and they did just yeah, you know, yeah. world and and in elements, I think that he is. But there's certain elements where I'm just like it's too almost modern, maybe for me. I don't know. But Zack Saber Junior. Not a massive sell. fan personally. I don't. And like when him. I've seen him, when I've seen him wrestle on TV, I've always been like, "Oh, interesting." See, when I've seen him wrestle live um, at close quarters, it's like I've seen him. He'll be up in moves, and he's not selling the fact that he's just about to get power bombed. You can mm. see in his mind, he's thinking, "Right, what's next? What am I doing next? Yeah. Where's my next flip coming in?" And if someone's because I saw him, he was in a crucifix, and. The the guy who had him in the crucifix turn, like did like a full turn around the ring with him in this crucifix position before he hit the move. Now, for me, if you're in a crucifix, you should be having a bit of a wriggle, look scared on your face, be like, oh, no, no, all of this, what we're going to do, looking around, looking for an escape, something like that. And he wasn't. He was just thinking, like, what's my next move? The fans I, see I, that. Fans well, notice I, that. I, I did. Case um, in point, fans notice things like that. But, and... and I don't know if that's on his mind at that moment, but fans notice things like that. They notice the small things. He's good at putting moves together. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a terrible wrestler because I'm being correct. No, he's but technically very I sound. don't like him. But yeah, because I can't connect with him. 
Yeah, I want somebody that pulls me in and makes me believe. And yes, I've so never, do I. I've never, I've never watched a, a Zack Sabre Jr. match, sadly, where I thought, where it's become believable for me, like like legitimate, like, oh my God, I'm really excited about this. I'm really like, I'm angry about that or I'm really, really pleased about that. He's just kind of the, doing his thing and yeah. Yeah, I... I watched him once. A, I remember. I do remember watching him at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. The only Wrestle Kingdom I've ever watched, pretty much. Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't. There was just something about the match. I couldn't connect, and I feel like I, know I, it's a, I have nothing I know it's against uh, technical wrestlers. Nothing against technical wrestlers. Chris Ridgeway is a technical wrestler, and he's one of my if not my favourite on in the indie scene. Yeah, oh, there's been some amazing technical wrestlers. I've always actually been Daniel quite Bryan. technical wrestlers. Daniel Bryan. But Daniel Bryan will make it legit, man. Mm. You care about Bryan. Yeah. Take, take he, makes his, you, he makes you believe. He take makes his you match feel. against Roman at the Elimination Chamber. Perfect. Yeah, oh, for, perfect. Yeah, for it, was it was perfect. It, it got... It, it, it got the fans right up because he uh, Roman rigged the contract so he, yeah, he could yeah. walk in fresh. But he had to believe him for a second. Little he was second do it. of a moment, little moment, and Roman saw it perfectly. Yeah, and, and, and Drew was really good at making yeah. you believe for me. And then, case in point, I know you don't necessarily agree with this, but that match with Goldberg at Royal Rumble had oh, some oh, moments no. in it that were like. I watched it back. I watched it back, and I have nothing against that match. I think it was, it was a perfect it was, opener for, was, the, for an opener to a show. Was. I thought it was a perfect opener because it warms the fans up, and it was what it was. Believable. It was a spot fest, believable yeah. match. I have nothing against that. I mean, for me, it's about it the, had I that mean, element of oh, Goldberg can win at any moment here. It yeah, had that yeah. element of believability about it. And and people say you know people slate Goldberg and they're right yeah Goldberg is Goldberg the greatest wrestler ever is he oh, God is no. He balls, no, right? no no but I tell you what you can take your young books you can take your Kennys you can take you know all these amazing technical wrestlers right and some of them best you in know, the world yeah you you can take all these amazing people who can do all these flips and they can do all these cool spots. Uh, and Matt, in fact, no, sack that. Matt Riddle, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not minding Matt Riddle at the moment. No, hate his gimmick, but in the ring, it's fantastic. I, I wish he'd wear boots, but that's just a personal point, right? In, in fairness, that little spot where he flips them off. Yeah, that's cool. Pop, but I one like day, that. I've just got me. this thing of one day he's going to turn an ankle, and it's yeah. like if he were wearing boots, that wouldn't have happened. And now he's out for eight months or whatever. I'm surprised he hasn't already, to be honest. Yeah, and and the thing is, when if so, if you're in the ring with boots, right? And your opponent isn't wearing boots. Why do you stamp on the feet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of matches that. Stamp on his break all his, his own toes. If you've got a 250 pound guy, you're stamped yeah. on your feet in boots. You get someone that Bobby Ashton or Braun Strowman. Exactly. Just like, Braun Strowman just stamped on his feet. But he was doing all the thing with the Colin at Goldberg. Now, Mm-hmm. Whether or not he was a work or whether he was trying to put like almost shoot himself into a work and get I himself a personally I think it was a work. But a lot of people online seem to take that as very legitimate. Um, you know, Matt Riddle having a pop at Bill Goldberg. I wouldn't mind people. that match either. No, I tell you what, right? 
when it comes to technical ability and maybe even safety in the ring and whatever, maybe there was a point to be had. But what Goldberg did, and what nobody seems to mention these days, um, and he did it better than almost, you know, not, you know, he did it better than I'd say ninety nine percent of people that have ever stepped in a ring. Is he connected with people? He got over, like he got over as sin. And, it, and people go, oh, he wasn't really that over. Yeah, he was. Oh, God, back he was. 100%. Watch him, watch him, Goldberg. Watch him not, not only in that match against Hogan, because, of course, it was a match against Hogan in front of loads of people. It was for the world title. People might not have been expecting a change, yada, yada, yada. Go back and watch his US title win against Raven mm. and watch how people reacted to that. People were going Goldberg is one of the one of WCW's biggest success stories. Yeah. Because and, and the, and the they saw a wrestler who they knew he couldn't yeah, he couldn't wrestle. He was limited. Of course he, he couldn't. Was. He so was, they, they, rushed they him. put him out there, gave him, him five minute uh, matches, bish bash boss, suplex, jackhammer, one, two, three. And but if you put him in with the right person, but there you go. You could get a longer match out of him. It DDP worked. got a great long match out of him. When you really get exposed him. Yeah, but I think that that was just Goldberg kind of exposed himself. I'm, I'm on Regal's side in that. You can't... I'm, I'm on Regal's side. You can't side. beat himself up, you know. But I think, again, that's just... They put somebody in a position where he wasn't ready to be in, and, and that, that's yeah. the result of it. Um, but, you know, in a great match with DDP when he was champion, defending you, the title. If you look at crowd reactions, ticket sales, you can't deny how no, over Goldberg was. And, and and I get that. And the thing is, there are still a lot of people, and especially because WWE is different from the indies and, and then from NXT and things mm. like that, because it's mainstream. It's, it's mainstream fan base is its key to making money. Yeah. And there is still a lot of that mainstream fan base that still go all gooey over Goldberg. You know, yeah. they, they just do. They, they just do. And, they make and, money over Goldberg. So yeah, there's no surprise as to no why they're bringing him back. They make money over him. Simple as well, it's that. It's all right being able that, to do 12 flips and shit. And it's all right being an amazing technical wrestler, but are you over? Are you actually going to make money? Can you get bumps and seats? Exactly. Can you get bumps and seats? Can you make money? Goldberg does. And Goldberg does. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Suplex, suplex, F5. Lesner. F5. That, but that's booking. That's See, there you go. That's what he does, though. Booking or not, that's what he does. So do I. So do I. I hate him, but I love him. But because he but makes he money. To, when he wants to sell for somebody, or when yeah. he is told, when he's allowed to sell for somebody, freak me, man. Some of the matches that guy's had have been fantastic. Like, even, AJ Styles done. Did he have a match against Daniel Bryan, right? Did he have a match against Daniel Bryan? Am I mistaken there? Or did, oh. he, did he? I'm sure yeah, he had a match against Daniel Bryan. I think he did, yeah. I think he did. But his match against AJ was fantastic, Styles, though. match with Styles was spot on. His, you know, his main event at WrestleMania with Kurt Angle back in the day. Oh, what a brilliant. match. Kind of you know, knocked himself out, but what a match. I'll tell you what, his match with Goldberg at WrestleMania... I went ballistic. Both myself and my mate both jumped out of our seats. What, what, which WrestleMania was that? Was it 30, 31? 30, 30, whichever one it was. Um, after you know, For the Universal title... It was only about nine minutes, but it was it's the perfect. Probably not even that, but it was perfect. But it was it, it, absolutely it was too, perfect. It was what it should have been back at twenty. It was two big Goliaths having a good old brawl, chucking each other about, slapping each other into ring posts and the like. Finish, it's a massive horse fight, but 
it yeah. was everything it should have it been. Did its job. It did its job. It was everything match, it should have been. The match at Survivor Series where, Go- where Goldberg beat him unexpectedly. Man, you show me a match that has gotten that kind of reaction. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, people were losing their brains over it. I best, was. I literally sat for about five minutes just looked staring at my computer screen where I've been watching mm-hmm. it on the network. Yeah. Going, we had Where's our it? we had my PC downstairs, big TV downstairs, and everyone round. We were dumbstruck, absolutely dumbstruck. Yeah. Just like crazy, man. Amazing. Crazy. But honestly, wrestling has evolved. Oh, but I to the point where it's the work rate era, hundred percent work rate era. Ricochets or Will Ospreys, as much as I hate mentioning him in this podcast. Um, your flips and all that, your young bucks, your omegas. Now, I'm sorry, but a match nowadays is dependent on how many flips you're doing this at the other. But well, it depends who you're if asking. You wanna, and, 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 if you want to, I tell you what, it, just doing flips and, and stuff. So it's impressive, get, but can it, you it sell? Get, it ain't gonna get you nowhere in WWE, right? Can you sell? It doesn't. You've got to be able to Look, sell. You've got to be able to make money. In, w- in WWE, people are wondering why Ricochet isn't... Now, if they push Ricochet, he can win the world title. That, I actually think that, Rick, that Ricochet is the is one of those wrestlers that has got the all-round package. Yeah, he does a lot of flips and bits and pieces, but a lot of the time, he makes it make sense within the scope of a match. I'm not against flips. Look, Jeff Hardy's mint. No, no, I'm not against it myself, but when you look at Ricochet, one of the reasons... Do we might not think he's getting over is the fact that so many other people are doing suicide dives and flips on a regular basis on Raw. There's a fifth, there's at least fifty of them on yeah, Raw. Yeah. And it doesn't, so it many. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's what. This, so that, when this you look at Ricochet, what... it's like, okay, that's incredible, and he is a damn set more impressive at it than ninety-nine percent of the rest of the world. Yeah. But does it? What does it mean? Well, yeah, I mean, like, give give, us, give us something. But if you, if you push Ricochet, you can books. win a world title. This is what does made him about the Young Bucks on, Di- on Dynamite. Because they often go out... I, I, I hate them. They oh, often go out there in the first match, right? For me, they're the most, they are the most selfish tag team in the world. Because they go out there in the first match when everyone else has still got to put on a show and they'll do 20 minutes of flips and mentalness and bloody close calls and near finishes that make no sense, but regardless of them making no sense, if you're in match two, what, what are you supposed to do, to do now? What, what, like, you know, I could do I could do a suicide dive. That'd be right. The young books have done four. Exactly. All right. Well, what's your, what's your finish? Exactly. Oh, it's, uh, it's a super kick. Well, that means nothing now because the young books have done twelve. Yeah, They've go. had a super kick party. And now the, the what what used to be a, a a finish is now just a throwaway bullshit. And then maybe I'm just a bit of an old school wrestling fan that's sour in that respect. I don't think you are. Things I think do you're move bang on, on, but I think you're bang on. Just, and the thing is, I'm, and I'm since sure. AEW opened, I've never and I've not watched every episode, not watched every match, but I've never seen them put somebody over. I've seen them lose, but I've never seen them lose in a way that makes me think the other team were the better team. The other team were a hundred percent better than the Young Bucks in now, that contest. I've the, never seen them do that. There's always an excuse. The final to Dusty eight. Cup, the MSK one. Yeah. Both teams looked absolutely phenomenal. Both teams, yeah. you were sat there going, "Grizzled, amazing." The Grizzled were an established talent. MSK, 
amazing, but they were they had just gone into the other way. Now everybody in the British scene were like were behind Grizzled because of, of course. course Grizzled, obviously. But at the same time, I was sat there going, the win makes sense. Because they have yeah. just gone into the other way. And you know, if you want to make Grizzled just star, need to know. go out, win one match, and they're they're amazing they're again. Golden again, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, too right. A, a Grizzled but agree. Both teams and, and... went over incredibly. Young guns, you don't see that. Young bucks. Young bucks, young guns. <laughs> we like the young guns. Eh? Sorry, no, young guns are one of the best tag teams in the world right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely my person, agree. With that. I, they are one of the best tag teams going. And Ethan is 19. I know it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's painful, isn't it? <laughs> I love the guy. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've done, I've, I've done commentary ringing out on, on a few of his matches. He's incredible. And I've seen him at loads of shows, and he's always lovely. I've yes. always, you know, I've always yes. got time for him, and he, he's always got time for everybody. You know, he'll always say hello. He'll always uh, give you know, Ganassia, you've been getting on and all that. Yeah. Um. But. Jesus Christ, do I hate that kid? To be that good at that age, he's just not firm, man. I'm so it's jealous. Painful. Of him. He ah. is painful. Well, well, I don't know what I and was then, doing at 19. And not only that, now he's been doing, now he's done um, Nush's 90 day workout thing. Is it 90 Shredded, day? Shredded, it? it is. Oh, now he looks like a Terminator or some shit, man. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, and I'm here through, he's, Ethan's got himself in that shape through lockdown and quite a few wrestlers have as well in fact Holly Barlow has looked in, uh, her yeah. workout videos have been um, amazing Tal Bannum he looks yep. he's gone from being like fairly soft looking I mean always in good shape but now he's ripped as shit um, DDL looks incredible DDL looks better now than he did in his 20s <laughs> and he is me Missy. Who now, when I go back to ring announcing, I'm worried I'm going to, have to find myself a new suit because my old one doesn't fit me because I've been <laughs> stoned during lockdown. I can't say anything. I've done, I, I've attempted, I've attempted workouts. Oh, it, it's not been consistent at all. Warrior, I was doing loads more exercise just because that was the job. Um, I think you took that for granted a little bit. I honest. did a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I was doing 10 miles a day without even realizing it. Yeah. Walking around the court, going, "Don't do that! Stop doing that! Don't do flips! Stop dangling off that with your legs!" Get down now, hey you! But then, well, it was quiet. I'd be jumping on stuff, doing pull-ups and doing whatever, and dangling off stuff with my legs. And Why not? You're gonna do it when it's there, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. But now I'm behind a desk, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, piling on the pounds, and it's not good. It's not good. The girlfriend's all right though, so she's like, "Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it." So at ah. least there's that. You know, at least it's that. Uh, telling you what you want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they, they're in such... Well, Ethan, yeah, man. Dude's in such incredible. good shape now. He's um, incredible. And and I tell you, that... Those two, you know, Luke and Ethan are yeah. absolutely destined for great, great things in the wrestling business. 100%. Because not only 100%. are they young and talented and hungry... They're dedicated to the craft and they are proper doing things the right way and they're making the right contacts and they're pushing in the right direction. And and the team with one person as well, Chris Ridgeway. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the people. That, if you are teamed with Chris Ridgeway, you're destined for greatness regardless of what happens. But they're in the right place as well. You know, they're, they're, they're getting the self, you know, they've been getting regularly booked by progress. They're getting looked at by the right people, and if you get, let's be honest with you, right? If you're doing well in progress, you're yeah, that far. You're, you're done. 
from that WWE. If you're on progress, you've got eyes on you. But if they can get into WWE NXT UK in the next two years, which I think they will, I guarantee they will be in America within the next five years. Yeah. And and if not, there's no justice in the business. I agree 100%. I could not agree more. They will follow Grizzled in that way because they are just that good. They are just that good. He is 19 and he's already been shown on the WWE Network. Yeah. Honestly, the, the young guns are just incredible. Infuriating. No pun intended. They are just amazing. <laughs> they are great. Yeah, they're great. And and just just a note on the uh, on the, the on the Grizzle uh, veterans. Obviously, mm. you know they've um, you know Ethan's come out of that school. He's come out of the Fighting yeah. Spirits school. Um, and it's such a tragedy that that's not going to be happening anymore because that was it's such horrible. a good school. Some amazing yeah. talent yeah. came out of that school, and I've. You know, I, I wasn't part of that school, but I've seen... And what, what they've got is such a great camaraderie. Anyone that came out of that school. You go to a show... If you look at a show, man, anyone that's on Fighting Spirit, they'll have a big Fighting Spirit photo. And nobody else is it, just the Fighting Spirit guys. They'll go and have a Fighting Spirit photo with all, all with the hoodies on. And it's just such a good camaraderie. But I've had the privilege of working a show that uh, Zach worked um, and oh, yeah. he worked it. It was his last. I think it was his last actual British indie appearance before they went to America. And to just be around him backstage and just to have a little chat with him, but just to, more to listen to him He's talk quiet, to other wrestlers. Well. But to listen to him talk to other wrestlers and the knowledge he was imparting on them. Yeah. Was like this is how you want to do this. This is where you want to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think you mind me saying it. Um, he was having a chat with Joey Ayers, and Joey was just, just you know, you could you could you could see him just filtering all this information out of him and being like, "What about this? What about that?" And I, I was looking at it, and I was like, "There's so, so many people on the show today, and Joey is the only one I've seen really picking that brain, man." He's experienced really in and of himself, but and he, he is, knows. yeah, he's seasoned on the UK. Season, he knows. Like, he knows if there's if there's somebody that's done something that you've not, yeah. even if you know, even if they, they they might not be as experienced as you, but if they've yeah. had an experience that you've not, there's something to be learned there. I agree. And I agree. Doesn't matter how experienced you be, are, there's always something to learn. He's a great always. guy to be in a car with. Is uh, is Joey? I've, I've, I love being yeah. around Joey. He's because he's, he's, oh, he's a great guy. guy. He's a great guy. Guy again, and and for me, a, a great a great talent. And somebody that, and by his own by by his own kind of um, admission, he's a great opener, man, because he knows how to work a crowd. And being an opener, it's it's actually a really important position. It's not just oh yeah, you it's want, not just a, oh you, you you know you are just starting out, so let's chuck him out first. You need to oh, work in that crowd. You need to work in that crowd. If you have um, a bad opener, the crowd's uh, right. Dead. What's next then? Yeah, and, and then and you the leave thing, that for the second match. But a good leave opener, that opportunity. A good opener, man, and you will get people fired up. One of my favorite openers of all time is AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon at Mania. Yeah, great got match. people going, man. Got what a great going. match that was! But they didn't do too much. It was, it, it was perfect. AJ, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar when Paul Heyman came walking out, going, "Nope, we're having it now." Yeah. Also, again, perfect. 
absolutely because as as soon as you see him walking down the crowd is fired up all he needed to do was walk down that ramp and the crowd is amped up straight away yeah. but you can't you know, but it's, it's it's that thing it's getting him in it's getting him ready and it's getting him used to being involved but you don't want to burn him and that's why I'm I can't stand pretty sure the new um, books come out the, the young books come out first for AEW shows it's like right don't get me wrong they're not my favourite tag team as it might be apparent to people watching now but <laughs> in AEW, right? In AEW, people love them. So why are you taking somebody that's going to get such a huge crowd reaction to everything they're doing in AEW and putting them on first? Because it's just burning the crowd out for later on. Exactly. Makes no sense to me. Have a man later no on. Sense. Have a man later have on. A have a man later on. In front of that crowd, they could be an event, and people would be happy with that. Even if they don't, crowd. the crowd. Even if they don't, the crowd will be. Amped up for, to see them, and it, it would be a way to keep the yeah, crowd amped up going exactly. forward rather than exactly. But I don't get the why they quite first, but but yeah, and, and another uh, another great opener, uh, DDL is fantastic as a, a, a crowd worker. He's amazing, amazing. You can Absolutely put DDL anywhere, in a, amazing. You, you can put DDL anywhere in a card, stick him on the card. DDL, as if you want comedy acts, DDL, big guns, John, and sugar, big guns, Joe, and sugar, sugar, Dunkerton. Sugar Dunk, man. Sugar Dunk. Three amazing <laughs> comedy acts right there. Three amazing comedy acts right there. I've been at shows where Sugar Dunks had the crowd singing for like a good 10 minutes. It was at that Future Shop when it was against Joey Hayes. Oh, he's done it at Future oh, Shop. Oh, it's beautiful. He's done it everywhere. Everywhere he's been, he's had the crowd singing his theme song for him for days. And the guy is just such a cool... Was I mean, the cool as was they on top of the... You know the the turnbuckle. He was there like that, just like like, like the Shawn Michaels pose on top yeah, of the yeah. turnbuckle. And Joey Hayes does it in the ropes below him like that. He just looks down. And he goes, "You know, from up here, you're actually quite handsome." He's he's, just, great, I, man. He, he's so brilliant. He's so so good. Yeah, no, I love a bit of sugar dunk. It took me a long time he's, to see he's him. Great. He's it's made great. a long time to see him, and I wish I'd seen him a lot sooner because he did a lot. So he works great. a lot of PCW shows. Does he? And that's I where I, that's have, where I saw a lot out. of Sugar Dunkerton. He's brilliant. Um, you know, and, and that, again, he's he's just fantastic fun. Hey, Joey, Joey Hayes, he's he can work comedy perfectly. He's, oh, he's Joey, Joey can do it Absolutely all. Brilliant. Joey, Joey can do it all. No doubt about Multifaceted it. Multifaceted wrestler. He's Definitely. great. Yeah. He's great. He's gonna be. He's gonna. I get the feeling though. He, actually, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I don't know if I should tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> I won't press. Don't worry. He's gonna be disappointed. He's gonna be disappointed with me when we go back to wrestling because he, oh, there's there's something I there's there's, there's something I always have that he, he he likes. Well, not he wants, but he borrows um, that I don't. I'm not gonna have. I might have to take one just for him. But you piqued me interest. That sounds there, really but ambiguous. That sounds worse than yeah, it you, is. But you it have really peaked. does. Not just my interest, but the viewers' interest as well. I know, that, that that, 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 and it sounds really dodgy. It's really not. It's like really not dodgy at all. It's proper boring, but I've made it sound like a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> you have got Joey Hayes, a blow-up doll. Hey, he, he just loves me Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your... Um... Currently, right now, what would you say your opinion is on on the dynamic between WWE and AEW? What would your opinion um, be? I think that they do. I, I, I love the fact that there's two companies that are capable of 
putting out real money contracts. Yeah. Um, that's good for the business all around. It's good for the it's good for the workers. It's good for everyone. You know, it's good for the fans. So you've got a real choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that AW is very much. I think it's I think it's still a little bit nichey. I think it's I think there's yeah, a danger yeah. of it slipping into a bit of a TNA role. I but thought I think they but honest. I think they've got more potential than TNA ever had to be yeah to, to really push WWE. Um but WWE's still number one. Fry country mile. I think it always um, will be. I think, I think that it's when, too late now. When well it's never too late. You know, if you think about when WWE came around um and, and had that real push. You know, WWE were well established. Eighty been days, wasn't it? A long, long time, and they had the eighty-three weeks. Although I'm reading, weeks, the, I'm, I'm reading the I'm reading the Nitro book at the moment, um, oh, yeah. um, and that's got it. I think that's got it longer. I think it says eighty-five in there. But whatever, give or take. Um, but, but anyway, you know, and they had that push, and they had to cover for a while. The thing is, people get to. I think that the the danger with AEW is that people get too excited over small milestones. And if you get too excited over the smaller milestones, there's less chance of you making the bigger ones. AEW beating NXT in the ratings, that is not AEW. That is not people thinking AEW is better than WWE. It's not AEW being number one. If they start getting better ratings than Raw and SmackDown, fair enough. Mm. But you've got to remember that NXT is the third brand of WWE. And as much as people might say, it's not the developmental anymore. It's still the third brand. It's still the third brand. It's not as It's a weird one, that, isn't it? It might not be developmental anymore, but it kind of still still is developmental. Yeah, it's still the third brand at the end of the day. It's not as big as Raw. It's not as big as SmackDown. It's still got the uh, new signees. Taya Valkyrie, for example, the new signees, she's going to NXT rather than... Yeah, exactly. So the new signees are still going to NXT. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. And it, it, it is it is still third brand. So it's, it's still, still the got school. that. Like, yeah, yeah, it is it's not pure it developmental is, because now you've got you've got all these you've got NXT UK and and you're gonna you I'm gonna you're gonna see these NXT you know, insert country here. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see more of those popping up around the, the world once. Well India, aren't they? They're doing, they're yeah, NXT India, I think I think we'll there. get you know, and that'll deal with because um, obviously NXT UK deals with European talent as well. Yeah. Um, I I, I can imagine that NXT India will deal with a big area of Asia. Yeah. Um, I think I, honestly, I think they should have, they should set up an NXT USA. As much as they've got NXT in USA, it, it makes sense because you're almost giving Asia and and the United Kingdom. An advantage in a way because they've got that extra level of developmental, then. Whereas if you're an American, but well, I suppose they've got the general American indie system and all that. But if they're pulling people out from, you know, from the gridiron or from college wrestling or whatever and yeah. throwing them into straight into NXT, people that are coming into NXT from NXT UK have probably got an advantage because they've done the whole NXT UK thing and they've learned that WWE style and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so like a side, I, I, Side like developmental school, you know? maybe yeah. NXT before Korea they go on NXT, to NXT, you know, yeah, 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 NXT yeah. Canada or Mexico, or yeah, you could send people I, to learn I, I, that I do actually think that might become style. a thing, 
It wouldn't surprise so me. So they've got because... a school on the side for them yeah. to train at that performance center, for example, or something along those lines, before they go to NXT and get them <laughs> on these shows for SU. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's not being a thing in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. But I, I think that the, I mean, the NXT UK has got a bit of a you know negative publicity when it launched, and is it going to ruin British wrestling? And well, WWE haven't exactly treated it with the respect it deserves. If you think about it, I mean, Kaylee Ray, they've given her this moniker's longest reigning women's champion. This at the other, but she's been women's champion of her. Lockdown. Not much has gone yeah, on. So been shows on it's that, been yeah. a bit. It's been a bit weird but one. I have is, nothing against Kaylee Ray. I think she's for phenomenal. Me, for me, it is, it is what it is. But I, I don't think it's uh, hurt the British wrestling scene. If anything, I think it's helped it. Um, oh, I agree. I think and it's people helped saying, it. "Oh, well, you know, they've taken all the talent." Well, no, they've not. They, they, I, they really off, haven't. Firstly, they've not because the talent's still working elsewhere, but. Even if they had, well, good, because now all the now the British indie scene is going to have to cultivate a whole new crop of talent instead of just having the same guys on top all the time. The and British, the and then, British and then indie when, scene is when NXT phenomenal and, and right now. all of those come and pinch all of those, then mm. they're going to have to develop a new set of talent to take that spot, and it's, it should convert a conveyor belt of people. It's you a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. Plus, it gives people a target. It gives them a goal rather than going rather than the big. WWE, it gives people. Well, I mean, I guess a more realistic goal of getting into NXT UK and, it and also developing their craft there. It gives them a pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm just, trying to say. Yeah. Well, you know, if I work out on the British indie scene, I might get noticed by sort of talent scout in Britain to go to the WWE. It's like, well, actually, I might be able to go then to Progress or ICW or. Yes. You know, one of the, yes, one of yes, the yes. companies that have got this evolve. working or evolve, that, we've got evolve. this working relationship. Yeah. And then if I'm good, you know, if I do the business there, then I can step up to NXT UK. And then once I'm in the NXT UK, maybe I can then go, you know, if I keep keep applying my trade and do well and learn the WWE style, yada, 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 they'll send me to America. Yeah. And they can go and do the American. You go to and NXT, can go and do NXT. Do we? Oh, and then, yeah. if you go out there, you'll get onto the main roster and the world your oyster. And there you go. Even if it, you know, and, and, and no matter, but then wherever you get to on that conveyor belt, wherever you've got to, when you come back to those British Indies, your stock's going to be much higher for having been in A, Progress, or B, NXT UK, or, B, or C, NXT. Or it's another B, notch on your belt. You know, Big time, and it gives you that more visibility, and it's a good thing for me. Um, mm. I think there's certain, I think that there's certain people that maybe should have had a chance there that haven't, but I feel that that has started to um, change as we started seeing more people turn up that I maybe wasn't expecting. Um, I feel that I felt there was a kind of a bit of a boys' club, maybe mm-hmm. were. Yeah. You know, there was a group of people that were all kind of friends that all got kind of called up, and then all their friends seemed to get brought in. But I think that's natural you know? to start. Yeah, but I think that's natural to start when you're first setting something up and you've got to populate it. It's, yeah, a, it's an easy yeah. way of doing it. And I think we are now seeing more differentiation before between who's coming in. Um, Which we should see and, now and at, this, people, at this point. And honestly, I'm, I've been a big fan of Shah Samuels for a long time. 
I've seen yeah, him. You a lot of yeah, times. you have. Yeah, you have. I've always been a big fan of Shah Samuels. I didn't think he'd get the call to NXT UK simply because I just thought he's probably not. Um, you know, he's probably one of those people that the maybe his face doesn't fit or whatever. Mm. But he has got the call, and since he's got the call, I've loved watching him on NXT UK just as much as I loved watching him in Evoke or up in ICW or, or anything. And I've just I'm chuffed that, that people are now getting the call who I think, oh, you know, why have they not got the call? It's ridiculous how they've been ignored this long. They are starting now to get the call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are still a few people, in my opinion, that are thinking, oh, really? Oh, the Lords. But you can't have everybody at the end of the day, can you? You can't have everybody now. And there's going to be your favourites, and there's going to be people who, you know, you, you've watched for years and you've loved them, and mm-hmm. they might never get the call. But you can't have everybody. There's only there's a finite amount of spaces within those promotions. And they are actually to, quite to crammed in general anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, there's people that might be seen as being, you know, too old now to, to get that call. Or there, there might be people whose, whose face just doesn't fit. Or there might be people who stylistically aren't quite right. Or the old adage, you know, they might be too small. You know, whatever. There's so many different reasons why so many different people. And there might be people who've had that opportunity and gone, Man, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. Yeah, exactly. It's a hobby for me. I'm not bothered. I've got me my proper job and my family and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I think who knows? The, um, I think the... Um... The old adage of the two small might be getting a little push. I mean, in the yeah, main I mean, roster, it's, it's not, on the main not, roster, it's still, I think we, they yeah, still have but that. It's, it's much but less NXT, of a thing. In it's NXT, much less of a thing than it used to be, without a doubt. Um, yeah, look but at having, you having what, Cordy on the Gargano to Master Jumper. This can go on. I'll tell you what, though. I think that there is something to be said for having two big dudes slugging away at each other. You know, that heavyweight wrestler um, archetype. Oh, yeah. There's still that. that you know, that's I love still it. There's something larger than life. There's, there's not enough for me larger than life guys in the... With you know, charisma. Braun Strowman's. With charisma. Yeah. Because I, you know, I think Braun's might not be the, might not necessarily be the best workers. You know, might not necessarily be the best, uh, most technically gifted people. They're not going to have a Dave Meltzer 12-star match in the Tokyo Dome, brother. But they will draw, and they will just catch the imagination. Volta, um, you know, yeah, he's he's one, and man, I, I would hate to be in a ring with that more four because yeah, so would I. His piss, chops are. Hey, if you want, terrifying. if you want someone who makes it look legit, you know, Walter you certainly does that. One hundred percent does, yeah. I won't be queuing up to take one of them chops, mind, but uh, no, you know. never would I. I mean, I wouldn't queue up to take a chop off Luke. For my Volta. No, not really. No, he can <laughs> he can chop he can chop a tree down. He's a oh he's a definitely hundred percent. But then you know I've, I have obviously during my training stages of my, of my wrestling adventure, I, I took a few chops and they're not as bad. You know they they they, they sound and they, they they hurt for a bit, but they they like it's like when you get slapped really hard with a football in the thigh when you're playing and you got your shorts on and it, it's, it's always ag- horrific. Agony. It's agony for like thirty seconds, and then you, you know you're worried about it. you're all right. You know you're not down on deck. It's not like especially when you've got the adrenaline. It's not like catching one of the crown jewels, is it? Yeah, I was, mm, yeah. I don't want to talk about that one. Oh, that's that was yeah, five side goalkeeper for a good few years. It's PTSD for every guy getting caught, mm. caught in the crown jewels. Right it's, it's a 
it's a, it's a rite of passage for all, all all boys that play football. Is at one point you're going to catch it in the nads and you're going to crumple up and, and be in pain. And who wants to play in uh, Edson Valley to a group of dads? I swear to God, they ping the ball. They ping about 10 shots at me in two seconds. Boom, bada boom, bada boom. Not one went in, just every, every single one of them got pinged off me. I had to walk um, home. I had to walk home looking like a lobster because I was red from the ball being pinged <laughs> off. Every single part of my boat was painful. I was hobbling home. I, well, as long as you kept about, though, that's the main thing. I remember after home, I bumped into a lad who was on a bike and he gave me his bike just so I could just <laughs> I had something alright Adam you weren't, you weren't bright red last time I saw you <laughs> pretty much oh it was uh, not a, it was not a fun it wasn't a fun one at all no well, no. I mean I've, I've got pictures somewhere god knows where on an hard drive or of my, my chest and one side of it's just purple <laughs> taking chops at training you know it, it is what it is but yeah, Walter looks like he cave your chest in. Yeah, definitely. He does. Couple of broken ribs after a match. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the rest. <laughs> and the rest, yeah. And the rest. 